0: There's very few neutral people out there. I don't know how you could be neutral on it. You're either yeah. for or against it, but, but, you know, politics is another hot topic. Money's another hot topic and all these things kind of develop. And and you're right. God's like, I've had, we've, we've seen this argument before. Yeah. We've seen this happen before. And here's the truth around the matter. Good morning. This is Pastor Adcock with next steps. And I'm here today with Malachi Adcock.
1: Hello. How Hello. are we doing today? Uh, we're, we're good. We're good. I mean, and you kind of notice we're not in our general, our general spot here. Darby is sick. So our, our house is fighting a little bit of that, but, uh, it's, um, it's, it's good. All, all things considered. We're concerned.
0: incognito.
1: Yeah, I know. So she's in the other room. So we're, we're kind of sequestered back here.
0: Yeah. So, um, nothing bad, just kind of sore throat or the flu type stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you guys had an exciting week of Thanksgiving from what I understand.
1: Yeah, we missed, um, so just a little into our family, uh, we because Darby and I got married, and then um, she has some family in North Carolina that we've not been able to visit because of COVID, and uh, there's some immune system compromises um, there, so we want to just be safe. And, and now this year with vaccinations and all that kind of stuff, um, everyone feels good, and now we've... We were able to go this year, so I met people for the first time, but we were also away from family, but it was, it was a great time, long drive, but it was a great time.
0: And that that, that brings up a question because this may be your first experience as far as with BBC that you traveled maybe 12 hours on Saturday Mm -hmm. and had come lead worship. How was that Sunday morning?
1: It was, it was, it was okay. It was good. It would have been better, but it was, it was kind of a, a double whammy because, um, Darby and I were driving the 12 hours and then, you know, about an hour or two away from home, she wasn't getting any better and she was kind of feeling more and more sick. So we just kind of made the call of like, all right, we'll have to do something else for tomorrow. So it was, it was a little bit of on the fly stuff. So if you were there Sunday yesterday, uh, thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> um, there was,
0: so you know, obviously you can't do anything about sickness or anything like uh, that, but they kind of they did go against the grain of, of plans for Sunday morning worship. Mm-hmm. So you kind of had to get up there and kind of. I do not say wing it, but you pretty much kind of had to free, kind of freelance a little bit.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I think I think it's hard because Darby and I work as a duet a lot of times, and so we split songs that way. And there are just some songs that don't sound right without her. So um, we were doing some of those songs, and we had to switch it up. But I think, like I, I'm, I'm, I was pretty open, and I think, I think it worked out um, really well with just people sitting down and just enjoying yeah. being with Jesus.
0: Well, we definitely uh, missed her. We definitely hope she gets better. Yeah. And uh, we missed her on the podcast as well. But uh, uh, hopefully uh, next week she'll be bu- back up and at it again. Yeah.
1: So, How was your Thanksgiving?
0: It was good. We had both sides of our family. I mean, obviously we missed you and Darby and we missed Clayton. But uh, it was a uh, good, uh, good Thanksgiving. My side came. Rhonda's side came. And uh, it wasn't a battle of civil wars in the house. So I yeah. got along. Except in the family feud, right? Yeah, family feud. That's because my wife cheated. Oh. And uh, – Somehow she got haystacks and cornstalks are the same thing, and uh, but it's not true. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we'll live with that for infinity. Yeah, uh, but um, yesterday was kind of a unique day because I concluded a series on the three lies out of Egypt, mm-hmm. and it's been going for four weeks, right? Yeah, um, we kind of introduced it four weeks ago. This idea, and then what I what I did is we looked at the three signs that Mo- that Moses was given at the burning bush experience. Mm. And many, many times we just kind of go over those signs like, okay, whatever, you know, rod to serpent, hand to leprosy, mm-hmm. water to blood, and okay, let's get on to the Exodus. But there was there was so much more there. And to listen to Jewish rabbis talk about this moment. They said this is a this was a pivotal moment, not just for Moses, but for Israel as well, because God is using these signs to speak of three things that he saw, that he heard, and that he was gonna deliver them from. And that's been kind of the catalyst of the series is there's these core questions like, does God see, mm. does God does God uh, care, does God love? And if we're not careful, these core questions become core statements mm-hmm. where now it's like, okay, God doesn't see, so he doesn't care. If God doesn't care, he doesn't love, and if God doesn't love, does he even exist? And so then we have this kind of dividing line. Now we have agnostics, we have atheists, uh, we have disgruntled, we have disappointed, depressed type people out there mm. on the spiritual realm based upon these core questions. And what is Moses' first thing that he says to God? They won't believe me. Mm. And it's kind of like this idea of, well, why, why, should, why are you calling me? I, I haven't even been in Egypt for 40 years. And the last time I was in Egypt, I kind of blundered it up with a murder uh, why me? And God says, "Well, let me give you three signs." Mm-hmm. And these three signs were more of like, what's interesting is Exodus three eight says they were voices. And I guess my question to you is, that that struck me strange. That it strike you strange that a sign would have a voice?
1: Yeah, I think I think the whole thing is a is a little bit strange with with the voices. Like I always think of um, the Prince of Egypt. Yeah. when they had all the actors kind of do the voice, I know maybe that's not like the most scholarly uh, image in my head, but it's got like the plethora of voices kind of thing for God's voice.
0: yeah And I, I kind of looked at it maybe maybe I looked at it simpler that like you go to the Grand Canyon. Mm. you don't have to say anything. The Grand Canyon speaks for itself or you, you look at you stand on the beach ocean, one of the Great Lakes, maybe a favorite beach that you have, maybe around here. And you just stand there and you look at this beautiful body of water, or you look at the beautiful beach that you're standing on, or the beautiful scenery around the beach, or beautiful homes around the beach, you don't have to say nothing. Mm. speaks for itself. And that's how I kind of look at these signs is that when God said, throw your rod down and turn to a serpent, and then back again to a rod, or a hand leprosy back to normal, or (laughs) water to blood, then... God's like these signs are going to speak for themselves. They have voices that Israel, the Jewish people, of this day are going to completely mm. understand. So it goes back to a statement that you and I heard several times when we are in Israel: is the Bible was written to us or for us, but not to us. Yeah, and I and I think that at least struck me the first time I heard that. Like I don't like that. Mm. I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah,
1: I think it's it's interesting because. It's, it's hard to, because when, when the Bible comes out of like, it's not written to me, so it almost seems like it's less important if it's not written to me, and I, I, I think there can be some confusion in there.
0: Yeah, and so I don't like throwing that statement around just because of that fact alone and my own personal feelings behind it, but I, I understand the truth behind that. Mm. When When this was being written, it was written to the Jewish people. Mm. We get the piece of that, and obviously we have English translations, and no matter how good an English translation is, even even people who have their favorite translations, it never can duplicate the original language perfectly. Sure uh, just our words don't they don't coincide they don't they don't equal each other in, in magnitude. And I think that's one of the things that we lose out, especially here is the fact that we lose out on a lot of the the, the cultural context behind what guy why God was giving these signs. Mm-hmm. Another thing we did on this one, Malachi, was we uh, we decided to do the order backwards.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was kind of hoping people maybe from from our church would say, why are we doing it backwards? Why aren't we doing it in the order that it came? And I think the order it came, the first one was the was the was the most was had the most magnitude. Mm-hmm and then they kind of lessened from there. So I wanted to come in and come backwards because I also think they were connected to Israel time-wise. I think the last sign was something that happened in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then we work ourselves back to current events. So. Any
1: theories on why God, um,
0: you think, did it in the order that he did it? or I think it had to do with the timing of Moses coming to into Egypt we got to remember that the people have been crying out to God they, they have been Mm. uh, crying out to the Lord. And so God comes in and the first thing that he tells Moses to do, if we're going to take the orders, throw your rod down Mm -hmm. and the rod becomes a snake. He takes it by the tail and it becomes a rod again. And the idea behind that was that's how the people felt at that moment. Mm -hmm. But it was also going to be something that identified later on after the 10th plague. So, that's why I think maybe the order is the way it is, how God gave it. But as far as understanding it, I think we had to look at it backwards. And so in our, in kind of our American minds, we kind of, we kind of start with letter A and then we go to Z mm-hmm. and sometimes God go, starts at Z and he points us back to A. Yeah.
1: And I think that goes back to what you were talking about with Bible written to us or not? sorry, Bible's not written to us, it's written for us. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's so hard for us to accept because, um, you know, as Americans and, you know, especially like thinking of myself, like I pride, like people, most people pride themselves on how independent they can be sure. and how much they don't need help from other people. And that's something that I think can be foreign to our, the history of our faith. Right. Cause these, like another thing that was said in Israel, I know we always go back to that. So just stick with us a little bit more, but, uh, who came out of Egypt? We all did, all kind of. Did, yeah. And so I think sometimes it's hard to think, well, if it wasn't written to me, then why is it for me? Yeah,
0: and that's the beauty of God's word. Yeah, you know, it's it's for all people, all generations, all nationalities. Yeah. And if you and I were missionaries to Africa, we wouldn't we wouldn't have an English Bible. Mm-hmm. We would be, you know, trying to. We may use an English Bible for ourselves personally, but we'd have to speak to the people in African language and. Uh, the the ability to uh, be able to talk to the people in their national language to explain the scriptures in the national language, and that's makes the Bible universal. Mm-hmm. But the original audience obviously was the Hebrew people. Yeah,
1: and then and with that too, like what it's kind of bringing back to your A to Z, Z to A thing. It's it's hard to think of things outside of the way that we would do things. Sometimes, It's right. like God, why? why why is the? why did it come in this order or why are you only giving these details like these details seem just like whatever but then if you're willing to come outside of yourself and see okay what is god saying to those people and now that even looking back from our point in history how can i even
0: get more than maybe even the original audience would have gotten there's a word in this there's a word that is used um and and i forgive me because one i always struggle to say it, but two, I can't really remember what it is, but it's one word and it it explains that there's two stories sometimes so let me give you an example and um, take like um, Isaac and Rachel Mm -hmm. and then take Abraham and Sarah, Mm -hmm. and so you have a point here about Abraham, you have a point here about Isaac, and then you have a point about Abraham and a point by like Isaac and imagine this is an arrow and you just keep going point by point on this until you get to the middle and the middle is the main point point. Mm. and so that's sometimes how the bible works too is God? Yeah. god has stories side by side and there's such similarities that you go boom 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 but what's the main point oh it's the middle one mm-hmm. and then and then from the middle you work your way back out but you got to start on the outside to get inside so you can get inside to come back outside yeah so it's just it's just a study tool. Um, chiasm, right? Yes, thank Chi- you. Yeah, yeah, that's the word I, I always okay. want to say, chiasm uh, or something. But ch- yeah, yeah ch- chiasms. Yeah, and so th- I always I always imagine like arrows. Yeah, and then the middle one is the point, and then you just kind of work your way backwards. But those two stories have such relational value that, in fact, on Wednesday night right now that we're doing chiasm now mm. through um, Lot and his daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, Tamar and Ju- Judah,
1: who are my favorite stories,
0: and then Ruth and Boaz. Mm-hmm. So if you take Lot and his daughters, obviously it's incest. Yeah, but there's two nations, Ammon and the Midianites. Mm-hmm. And then you take Tamar and Judah. There are two um, children born there, twins. Mm-hmm. And then we get down the road to Ruth and Boaz. We have Ruth, the Moabite, and we have Boaz, who's the son of Perez, who's this, who happens to be the son of. uh uh, tamar and judah yeah and so we have this like why we have this really wicked story of incest we have this really weird story of some people say incest of father-in-law and daughter-in-law although they didn't he didn't know it at the time but Hmm. and then it all comes together and god's like yeah i want to show you how i can work through ugliness and here's the davidic line but even more than that here's the here's the messiah line yeah And, and that's a that word again well
1: and even like the chiasm inside of the chiasm and i know this sometimes can be a um seem like a bible study word but we we do this in our own own lives we have chiasms of like this happened to my parents this maybe happened to me and then like we find truths in the middle and then even within those middle truths there can even be even more middle truths because you're talking about two sons lost right and then but then even in ruth's story it starts off with um uh, Helmia, it's not Mara, but what was her first name? Naomi. Yeah. Yeah, Naomi. And Na- Naomi loses two sons, and then in the end, she gets two sons. And th- there's another chiasm yeah. with the truth in the middle. And I think sometimes we avoid these big, like, kind of strange word, Bible study words out of fear of, like, I just want it just to be me and Jesus, but we have to see these things as tools in our tool belt, not just, like, as things that stand in our way and are really difficult.
0: The, we can't be afraid to ask the text questions. Mm-hmm. And in order to ask the test questions, we to be willing to allow the Bible to get into our bones. Yeah. And to do that is we got to come kind of full circle back. Okay. The way I may study for a test may be totally opposite how I study God's word, mm-hmm. but we find different tools. We find different people. That can help us understand God's word, and we continue to grow, dig deeper from there. And we're all gonna, we're always all gonna be a little bit different on how we learn, how we grow, how we thrive. But the point is this: that that we are aiming for something. Mm-hmm. You aim for nothing, you're gonna hit it every time. But if I'm aiming to grow, I'm aiming to thrive. God's gonna put tools in my hands to help me understand Scripture. And now, all of a sudden, somebody said something. Because well, how I've studied, maybe totally different, how the, whatever the person said studied, but God brings those two points together and you say, oh, light bulb moment.
1: Yeah. And even, even you talking about getting in our bones and even thinking about, like, like, again, and I know we're kind of stuck on this chiasm thing, but thinking about how God sometimes gives us like Bible stories or verses and then something in our lives mirrors, like, just like you said, that Bible story or that verse. And now, we between these two and maybe this is a little bit stretched for kind but between these two bookends we can find how god is trying to teach us something about through because that, that's the reason the bible's it's a testament it's a written testimony it's not yeah. just like a book of facts it's right. and then we can even relate our own testimony to it as long as we are staying planted in the consistent testimony of scripture
0: And I think that's where we get kind of tied up. Like how, how does a rod to a serpent or hand to leprosy or water to blood apply to me today in 2022? And those three signs specifically may not apply to us in in the essence of throw. I threw a rod down several times in the past four weeks and never Mm -hmm. turned to a snake. Thank God. Mm -hmm. But, and and I put my hand in my coat several times. It never turned to leprosy again. Thank God. And I could took water. I could have poured it out in the sanctuary and it wouldn't turn to blood. Again, thank the Lord for that. But, what what is the what is God trying to show? Mm-hmm. And there's this in Exodus two, Exodus three, and Exodus four. There's a peat and repeat that God continues to say, yeah. "I saw, I heard, I remembered, I'm going to deliver." Yeah, and He says it in different ways, but He says it over and over, and that's the truth. I think we gain from because that's the truth. The signs were pointing the people of Israel to, mm-hmm. and so we don't always may not relate to the avenue, but the address it takes us to is the truth, mm. and that's where I think sometimes as believers we fail to pick up on things like what's tamar and judah have to do with us well has everything if we believe in the davidic and the messiah Mm. line or you know and we look at the bible sometimes like in pieces but it's all one huge piece telling one story it's our redemptive story yeah and there are key characters and there's key developments and god uses different things you know you think about the prophet who had to lay on one side for so you know, a real long time? Or yeah. the prophet had to get naked one time? You know all the yeah. or, or eat dung? You yeah. know we think oh that's so gross. But what's the truth? What what is where's it leading us to? Yeah. yeah, and that's where we have to come to because it's not like God's telling everybody I want you to go do this. I want you to lay on your side six months, or I want you to do this. I want you to see the truth of what I'm trying to tell my people through this redemptive mm. line, this redemptive story.
1: Yeah, and I just just a few things. To kind of comment on what you just said about sometimes i think we agree to the destination of like god says i know my plans are to prosper you right but then immediately the the verses that are after that and the verses that are before that same verse are hey you're going to be stuck in a place that you don't want to be for a while and sometimes we are like god i agree to the journey i mean i agree to the destination but i don't want to agree to the journey kind of thing yeah. And then secondly, you're talking about Pete and repeat history. I mean, we all heard before history repeats itself, right? And we're hearing how the Bible repeats itself over and over again, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then you're talking about, I mean, you talked about yesterday, um, Adolf Hitler in World War II. Yeah. And you've even mentioned because of um, just the state, how the Pharaoh asked the midwives to kill all the baby boys of How that even like we just saw Roe v. Wade overturned, and like those there are some there are some big things that people everyone has an opinion on. Everyone wants to talk about it, but in scriptures, like I've I've, God's like I've been here before, and if you're willing to go on my journey with me, I promise you, I'll take you to the the right destination.
0: Yeah, and and the topics you bring up, you know, Hitler dehumanized people. Mm -hmm. We're we're dehumanizing people today, yeah, intentionally or unintentionally. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with you. I don't like you. Well, you, we just dehumanized them. Yeah, you're not as human as I am because you don't think like I do. Well, yeah. we're we're, you know, seven point eight billion people on this planet. I imagine there's seven point eight billion different thoughts out there. Yeah, and you know, people are very hot under the collar about Roe versus Wade, one way or the other. You know, there's very. There's very few neutral people out there. I don't know how you could be neutral on it. You're either yeah. for or against it. But but you know, politics is another hot topic. Money's another hot topic. And all these things kind of develop. And and you're right. God's like, I've had we've we've seen this argument before. Yeah. We've seen this happen before. And here's the truth around the matter. And I think we can have dialogue and I think we can have good discussions. But the problem is sometimes we don't come in willing to hear even if we know someone's going to oppose our point of view our truth mm-hmm. we still don't give them we don't we still don't value them enough to be able allow them to share their truth because I think Jesus was asked by Pilate what is truth mm-hmm. and Jesus didn't call thousands of angels and boom 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 and let me show you what truth is right yeah he said you know he he simply told his disciples I am the truth I am the way I'm you know and so, Pilate, what is truth? And I think we gotta approach these hot topics with people, and and people get hot around us, and they're they're going to. It's emotionally driven. Yeah. But it never an excuse. Jesus never dehumanized anybody. And I think a part of
1: that, when you're talking about dehumanizing, and and you called it out yesterday of how people dehumanize LGBTQ people. Sure. Um, as, as because of their because of their lifestyle and then also like just thinking about how a part of the argument for a a pro-choice person is that that the baby is a lump of cells and not human right and so yeah. I think before before you go anywhere with any of those topics um to see if we are actually dehumanizing someone or not we I think we have to define kind of what human is and I think we see that all over in scripture what human is yeah right?
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, were the were the Egyptians human? Yeah, they yeah. absolutely were. Were they treating the Jews as not human? Yeah, they were. Yeah. And I think God, time after time, there are, and this is a different topic for a different time, but there were many moments in the, even the 10 plagues where God was willing to allow Pharaoh to repent, change his mind, mm-hmm. and Pharaoh wouldn't do it. Pharaoh continued to harden his heart. And, and, and isn't that
1: a picture of God honoring someone's humanity even when they're so so like twisted
0: yeah um that's free will yeah you know it's free will in a nutshell Mm -hmm. um we you and i are both married we could leave this podcast we can go out somewhere um go cheat on our wives today right that's free will yeah now we gotta pay the consequences for it yeah. Now whatever the consequences are would we'll be, we'll be horrific and we'd be like, why did I do that, that was so stupid. And we do that every day with the Lord in our mm-hmm. relationship. We have this free will, we choose to get up and read our Bibles, we choose to get up and pray, we choose to get up and be kind, we choose to be forgiving. We we, we make these choices every day and it's not really always based upon me or my emotions, it's based upon what would Jesus have me to do?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and it, and it kind of brings back the old saying from the 90s, you know, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. And and, you know, people mocked that, but it was a good reminder yeah. of, wait a minute, would Jesus treat this person this way? I mean, Jesus treated a woman at the well who's at least questionable mm-hmm. morality. You know, we, we don't know for sure, but there's at least questions around it.
1: Everybody else, I mean, no one else was going to give her that conversation.
0: Right. And he did. Yeah. He found Zacchaeus, a thief in a tree, he went to him, yeah. was kind to him, had dinner with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke 15, one says that he ate dined and discussed or talked conversed with publicans and sinners yeah and at this point in history we're getting to the kind of the the romo uh, greek government but it jewish people had this idea that there was a certain class of people that could meet with god and there's a certain class of people that could and even jewish okay. people were finding themselves now dehumanizing jewish people and
1: even even the church has been accused of that over sure. and over again of there are cer- certain qualifications that mean you can meet with god or not
0: you know, and, and I know our time's coming to a close here, but we've seen this with uh, toward people of different color. Sure. Uh, not just black people. I mean, we've, we've seen this with Oriental people. We've seen this with Indians. We've seen this uh, both Native American and both those yeah. who are from India. Um, people, and,
1: and people use scripture. They they misuse scripture in order to... I think, I think it's because of that cherry-picking stuff. People yeah. aren't willing to look... You're not willing to look at the consistent testimony of scripture. You cherry-pick... Yeah. And so you make the Bible say what you want it to say,
0: rather than letting the Scripture come into our bones, and allowing us to live from that. We kind of, like you said, we're out there picking off different fruits from the trees that pertain to my personal belief system, mm. and that's that's very dangerous. Yeah. So you know, as we you know we come to a close here, um, I just you know I just I just I love this series. I'm not sure how it kind of came across, um, but I hope if nothing else, it got people thinking about God does care, mm-hmm. God does see. God does love me. Yeah, and whatever my circumstance is, and Israel's is like, ah, I feel so forgotten. God's like, no, you're not forgotten. I've been there. Yeah, I've seen this. I've seen the babies thrown into the Nile River, so the water turned to blood. Mm-hmm. I've seen Pharaoh tell the midwife suffocate the babies, boys under the birthing stool, and place them on the mother's lap as a stillborn, hand of leprosy. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that they dehumanize you; they treat you like a snake, and they recoil from you, rod mm-hmm. the serpent. Mm-hmm. These are the three lies that came out of Egypt. This is what we've been spending yeah. the past four weeks on. And I hope it was an encouragement and challenge to people as we went yeah. through it.
1: It was good for me. And I've heard that story my whole life. Uh, I went to the school and learned about that story. But just like the revealing nature of God of like, he's not going to let things go unseen. Yeah. So I just, I, that, I just, I think it's just such, I just think it was a really good reminder and, and sturdy foundation. Cause I, that story is foundational to the whole Bible.
0: It's. And it's usually a part of the story that we kind of just bypass or we read super fast. Mm -hmm. We all know Moses is going to Egypt. Let's just get there. Yeah. And we bypass all the steps that got there. You know, it it just kind of leads to this. And I'll close on this one. We have to read the scripture without the end in mind. Mm. We're coming into Christmas. Yeah. Read the Christmas story without knowing the end. How does Mary do it? How does Joseph do it? Yeah. They don't know what we know. Try to get that out of your memory. And read the Bible like try to read it for the first time. Like you're reading these words for the first time. It's like, oh man, are they going to make it to Bethlehem? Is she going to have the baby? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a place? Oh man, shepherd shepherds, all you know. And and let's begin to allow God's word to be fresh again. Mm-hmm. And read without the end in mind is a huge step. Yeah. So hey, I want to thank you for listening to next steps. Again, I'm Pastor Adcox, my son Malachi, and uh, we are thankful to be with you this day, and we hope you have a great day. All right, see ya.